0: The following program is brought to you in living color.
1: A clever man would put the poison into his own goblet because he would know that only a great fool would reach for what he was given. I'm not a great fool, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. But you must have known I was not a great fool, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. Truly, you have a dizzying intellect wait till i get going let's drink me from my glass and you from yours it's the wine crush the show that's all about the grape and the lifestyle it creates now here's your host for the wine crush laura lawson why is it people who can't take advice always insist on giving it
2: Welcome to The Wine Crush. I'm Laura Lawson, your favorite Chardonnay-sipping diva, and you are listening to the show that's all about the grape and all its glory. All the vine, all the time, everything you ever wanted to know about wine but were afraid to ask, that's what we're here for. We are your media resource for everything about wine that might intimidate you, scare you, or just confuse you a little bit. Well, since we're talking about confusing, I want all of our listeners to pay very, very good attention today because our goal today is to confuse Kent. Now, for those of you who have met me and know me and stuck by me through all these years in the Wine Crush, you know that sometimes I'm a little off the cuff. I tend to be running late for tastings. I'm always exactly where I'm supposed to be on time, but I tend to fly a little bit by the seat of my pants. So I come running in the studio today. I've got two minutes to spare, and there's this really nice young gentleman hanging out in the hall, and I pretty much am about to plow over him to try and get to the studio. And Kent comes out and says, Laura, are you not going to say hello to your in-studio guest today. Now, I have to admit, I had a handle on who our guest was. In fact, we're very lucky. We have Chef Ken Frank from La Toque Restaurant to talk to us about fall pairings, talk about food and wine. Of course, my favorite topic, tailgating. And so my first thought in my head is, oh, my God, they didn't tell me that Ken's going to be in the studio today. And I've just plowed over the owner and manager of La because Kent looks at me and says, Laura, you aren't going to even say hello. So today is all about not you, not me, but Kent. Uh-oh. And as your loyal host, I expect you, my loyal listeners, to help me get even. Kent, would you like to have anything to say about the topic? No,
1: no, no, no. You were running late, and I I I told the brand-new intern here, I said, I'm going to really fix her today. I'm going to introduce you as her in-studio guest and watch her face turn white.
2: Now, you realize the only person's fate that's turning white right now is our poor new intern.
1: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> poor guy's gotten baptism by fire already.
2: Yes, he has. First day on the job, he's already been threatened and bodily parts just, you know, coming off. He so. doesn't
1: know you killed the last intern, so that's it.
2: Yeah, whatever happened to her?
1: She passed away. She's, oh, yeah, you did her in. She, she quit the business. I think she's a nun now.
2: I think all the French with the baguettes beating against the window just scared her to death.
1: Maybe that was it. Maybe that was it.
2: All right, we are a show about wine Contrary to popular belief Apparently it is the W-H-I-N-E varietal Not the W-I-N-E varietal But I am geared up It is that time of year It is fall And I spent the weekend doing my favorite thing Which is going to be, of course, the theme for our show today Since this is where this comes from Yes, it's football season It is time to be out tailgating It is time to be cheering your team on The weather has changed Football's back in action Life is good Life is very, very good. So, of course, we're always this time of year talking about who's going to win it all. We all know who's going to win it all. So that's where my wine recommendations come from. Uh, the white wine I'm going to recommend for today is Doghouse Chardonnay. Yes, I know I tend to take the upper end of things. Yes, I know I don't usually do these unique, catchy things, and I tend to make front of critter titles. But Doghouse, great Chardonnay, great packaging, great to take to a tailgating. California Chardonnay, blend of North Coast and uh South Coast, so you have a little bit of grapefruit, you have good acid to it, and it's just really one of those easygoing Chardonnays, particularly for a tailgate, because usually a tailgate involves all spectrums of drinkers. Those that kind of like wine, those that like to put orange juice in their champagne, God forbid, and those that really like the high-end stuff. So with something like Doghouse, for your true wine drinkers, they can enjoy it. They can sip on it. It tends to go away quickly. For those that don't really like wine that much, they can throw it on ice, and they're not going to offend you. So there's our white recommendation for today is Doghouse Chardonnay. Our red wine recommendation is going to take you a little effort to find, but I did have a bottle of this sent to me, and it just made my week. Pig Skin Zen. Gotta love it. You couldn't ask for a better tail getting red than that. Fruit Forward has a lot of great black pepper, has a lot of green pepper, has a lot of nice black fruit on it. Great blend for whatever you're going to put on the grill, be it some great ribs, be it some good pork, any kind of Notorious P.I.G. product. It's going to be perfect. It's also a California wine. It's out of Amador. For those of you who are going to throw a party themed around football, Pig Skin Zen is definitely the way to go. So Kent, I see you nodding in there You did know football started, right?
1: I did know that, yes I've never heard of pigskin zen before
2: Well, I think it's remarkably I mean, creative you,
1: you ever actually tasted pigskin zen? I did,
2: they sent me a bottle It was very, very oh. Kent
1: Well, of course I, I, I know. just I recommended know.
2: the wine I know. Do but you think I... I just randomly pick out labels for... off a shelf And just say, hey, listeners, go out, buy this Because I really thought the label you know, was for cute all,
1: For all I know, you have underlings who, do, who taste things for you now I mean, I don't, I don't know
2: well apparently the only underling around this is one that I almost ran over in the hall cuz last time I saw it, it was pretty much a two dog show around here. Okay.
1: All right. Any fine.
2: other any, any other I'm, brilliant commentary you'd like I'm to throw in today's done. wine crush? I'm
1: done today. I'm done.
2: All right. So as I did allude to earlier, Chef Ken Frank is going to join us. He is the mastermind behind La Toque. He is truly uh the child genius when it comes to French California cuisine, very much looking forward to it And uh, from what I've been told, he's going to help me on some tailgating recipes Now for our listeners who've had the pleasure of going out to Napa Valley Originally to Rutherford, now for the town of Napa La Toque is a, a very difficult restaurant to get into It is fine dining, it's always one of Zagat's and the Wine Spectator's Top 20 restaurants in the United States So I'm kind of looking forward to this, I hope I don't traumatize him. And I think by the time I explain to him that I can burn water We'll see how that direction goes But it goes back, yes, this weekend I was tailgating my beloved Bulldogs. Go dogs, or go the doghouse and the pigskins in. And I was proud of myself because I was prepared. I've I've really been gearing up for football season. So I hosted my own tailgate, invited a whole bunch of my old college buddies, and went to the game. Now, because I was preparing, I had done a whole lot of little appetizers, ordered things from different places, ordered some Corky's ribs out of Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, For those of you who truly want to know the barbecue as a noun, Corky's ribs are absolutely outstanding, and I thought I was going to be fair. Like I told you, Doghouse Chardonnay was there. Pigskin Zen was there, and so, okay, you know, this is the college bunch. This is what we all got together from the time we were 18, and I thought, I have this down to a science. So all my friends get there, and, you know, we, we were in college a while ago, and they come up to my tailgate, and they're talking about food, and we're hugging, and we're talking about old stories. And then one by one, I kind of look around and my old girlfriends are looking at me saying, well, where's the wine? I said, the wine's in the cooler. They're like, no, 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 where, where really is the wine? I said, well, I brought it. So then I proceeded to get a lecture. I remember days when we tailgated and it was a whole bunch of Bush beer or Budweiser or if we were really, really lucky, someone brought Sutter Home White Zinfandel. And now all my girlfriends who I've seen drink out of bottles of Boone's Farm were mad at me because I didn't bring Plump Jack, I didn't bring cake bread, I didn't bring, bring any kind of champagne that was pink, and I was falling down on my job at tailgating. So that's where I'm going to pose the question to you, our listeners, this week. What extreme does tailgating have to be? Now, I thought I had done an exceptional job, but do you want to see all spectrums when you go, when you go to your football games or whether it's a hockey game or baseball game? Do you do you go all out? Do you put on the nines? Do you bring the really expensive wines out? Or do you try and keep it for the, the general public? It seems like no matter what I do, either way, I'm going to get in trouble. Right, Kent? Absolutely. Are you and, if,
1: and if you don't, I will.
2: You stay in trouble of your own accord. That's I true. have good intentions because, after all, we know everything in the sense that the road to hell is paved with good intentions.
1: Yeah. Most of the people I tailgate with, I mean, or have ever been tailgating with, treat it like it's it's the big event of the year. I mean, they go all out. Why? Well, I,
2: I understand that for the Kentucky Derby. I understand that maybe for homecoming. And I've actually had friends who bring china out. They bring silver out. They have it fully catered. Yes, we walk around champagne. But to me, that is not football.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I prefer something less formal.
2: No, I have to admit, I am maybe a little snobbish. I mean, I do have my own wine show. So I, I do have a little gray area there. But I just I don't see the extremes in doing something like that. Really good cold beer, maybe the occasional liquor drink, little bourbon. Life's good. Yeah. All right. Getting back on track. So to our listeners, I do want to We'll put, go ahead and put this on the website so you can check it out. Uh, let us know, is tailgating a formal event or an informal event? And when you go to a tailgate, what kind of wine do you expect? Well, while you are contemplating going to our website and giving me a brilliant answer, which, by the way, is WineCrush.com, We're going to take a small break, and when we return, we will have Chef Ken Frank joining us to give me some great insight on food, wine, and all-around food wisdom.
1: For pictures, videos, show recaps, and more, become a fan
3: of Wine Crush Radio Group on Facebook. Tax laws can help you. Plus, right now, we'll waive the consultation fee and give you our free tax savings report. Attention, business owners, the self-employed, and W-2 workers. Make this free call to the tax doctor now and learn how to take advantage of the new tax laws that may help you pay the IRS less. 800-281-7048. 800-281-7048. 281 7048 That's 800-281-7048. Do you
4: have an idea for an invention or new product? Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Then call Invent Help now. Invent Help keeps your idea confidential and explains every step of the invention process. We create professional materials representing your idea and submit it to companies who are looking for new ideas. We have more than nine thousand companies who have agreed to review ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over ten thousand clients receive patents. We also offer services including 3D modeling and animation demonstrating your idea, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to show InventHelp client ideas to additional companies. Join the thousands of people just like you who chose InventHelp to pursue their idea. We are experienced. We are working for you. We are InventHelp.
1: Call us for free information at 1-800-542-6751. 1-800-542-6751. 1-800-542-6751 this is the news this morning we are saluting the 2.2 million women who have joined in the war effort they now make up 37 percent of the workforce changing their role forever
0: the prestigious harvard medical school is breaking ground today opening its doors to new female applicants
3: today little girls all over the
1: world look to the sky where the first woman is now in space
5: Military stereotypes are challenged today with the trailblazing promotion of a U.S. female officer to four-star general. It was just announced that the vast majority of last year's doctorate degrees were earned by women. We've come so
2: far, but our
5: news is changing for the worse. More women die from heart disease and stroke than men, even though it can be prevented. Make a change at GoRedForWomen.org today. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women.
4: Ranger Station. Ranger speaking. Yeah, hi. I'd like to report a bear sighting. Location. Uh, in the woods, just outside of town. Oh, not surprising. You've got your home. Bears have theirs. Yeah, but see, this wasn't just any bear. This bear was wearing jeans and a hat, as in a smoky bear. Jeans and a hat. That's definitely smoky. What exactly did he have to say? Well, we we were about to head home, you know, after having a bonfire. Oh, I can guess where this is going. Right, right. See, Smokey told me the fire wasn't actually out. He said if it's too hot to touch, it's too hot to leave. That's true. Did you know that 9 out of 10 wildfires? are caused by humans, that means 9 out of 10 wildfires can be prevented. Wow, no kidding? I'm a forest ranger. We never kid. Sorry. (laughs) That that was a joke. Oh. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference because 9 out of 10 wildfires are caused by humans. Brought to you by Smokey Bear, the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at smokybear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires.
2: to The Wine Crush. I'm Laura Lawson, and right now I am very, very excited to introduce our next guest. We have Chef Ken Frank, the executive chef and owner of La Toque, the place to see and be seen when you're in wine country. Ken, welcome to The Wine Crush. Great to be here. Chef, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to call in and be part of The Crush. It truly is an honor to have such a, a just an amazing character like you on the show.
6: Well, I'm happy to be here, and I'm sitting in Sitting up valley and a nice 75-degree day here in my little corner of paradise.
2: Ken, I'm liking you less and less as the conversation moves on. 75 degrees, staring at the valley. You aren't drinking a glass of wine, are you?
6: Not yet, but it won't be long.
2: Okay. Well, at least you aren't drinking yet, so I'll give you a little bit of slack. Uh, for our listeners, La Toque is the end-all, be-all. It has been, as long as I've been going to wine country, L.A., and that area of California, the place to go and have amazing, I hate to say the California experience because it really doesn't do chef justice when you talk about his food. But as far as wine and food and the beautiful marriage, chef definitely has all the answers. So, chef, tell us a little bit, our listeners, about La Toque just so they have a general idea of your amazing dedication to your craft. And then we'll talk a little bit about winter and autumn foods.
6: Well, you know, I, I opened the original La Toque in 1979 on the Sunset Strip, and I moved here to Napa Valley in 1998 because it's really where I wanted to live and where I wanted to have the restaurant. Because I can't cook dinner without thinking, what should we open and drink with this? I, I mean, I, I really <laughs> love wine. And for a chef that loves wine, this is just the right place to be. So La Toque is in particular a, a very wine-focused restaurant. We think about wine and food pairings in everything that we do. Uh, We have a great wine list. Uh, We have a great seasonal menu. It's utterly seasonal food. It's food that I love to eat, that I like to cook, but it's food that I like to drink with really good wine because I drink really good wine every day, and that's a hard habit to break.
2: It's a hard habit to get into, too. It must be nice to have the restaurant for it. But I have a question Uh, for you. I'm just going to get off on this because it was one of the questions I was going to ask you anyway. So often, whether I'm doing a wine dinner or talking to listeners that are calling in, they always ask me, what do you pick first, your dinner menu, or do you pick the wine first? Now, of course, you know, I'm a wino, so wine I always pick first, then try and work the food around it. How do you do things like that?
6: Well, you know, I can go either way. Uh, sometimes people will, will say, this is what we want to drink. What, what should we do for dinner? And in those situations, I, then I, I, will, I will come up with a menu, and I will bend the food to fit that. Uh, but uh, if I'm writing a menu, I will, I will write the menu first and then pick the wine to go with the menu, but I can go either way. What's really important is that you just consider the compatibility because, you know, you don't have to pair wine with food, but if you want to drink your fantastic bottle of Cabernet with a bowl of Vichyssoise chilled leek and potato soup, go ahead, but wouldn't you rather pair that with something that really works right and do something else with the soup? Uh, so wine and food pairing, it, you don't have to do wine and food pairing, but we like to do wine and food pairing so that the wine brings out the best in the food and the food brings out the best in the wine. Because when you can do that, it's just better.
2: Well, you, you have that luxury because uh, I, I had the pleasure. I have not eaten at the new Latok yet, but I ate at the one at Rutherford or have eaten at the one at Rutherford several times. And it was always a battle. I look at your menu, go in, and I want to try that, I want to try that, I want to try that, I want to try that. But then I get a hold of your wine list, and there'd be wines on it that I hadn't seen or hadn't seen on the East Coast. Well, wait, I want to have that. Well, that doesn't match with that, and even I would go in confused.
6: What a good dilemma to have.
2: You definitely have nailed it on the head when it comes there. Well, question for you. Of course, we're talking about our everyday listeners, and not everyone's fortunate enough to make it out to Napa Valley. So... In looking day in and day out for people who are trying to be objective with wine and food, what is the best advice you can give them?
3: Well, first
6: first of all, I think that the best way to enjoy wine is at the table with other people who are like minded. You know, and it, it's very important I think that, that people just understand that like what you like. It's okay to like what you like. There's no right answer and wrong answer you know wine wine is one of those things it's really all about common sense i didn't go to school for wine i just drink wine every day and i have for a long time now it's just it's just practice just getting comfortable with it it's drinking with other people and sharing a good bottle of wine with other people and talking about it and as you do that more and more and more you just become more comfortable with the whole concept of all the different things that wine can be and what you remember has worked really well before and this might work well again it's just practice it's just practice and being comfortable with it. I have no patience for wine snobs
2: <laughs> but having said that, when you look at your wine list aren't you pretty much a mecca for wine snobs
6: uh we We have a great wine list um, it doesn't make i don't know that it makes us a mecca for wine snobs it makes us a mecca for wine lovers. We don't really cater to the snob part of it quite so well um, So, we may not be the best place for the snobs to go, but we do have, we certainly do have, uh, we have about 650 selections currently, and that should scratch just about any itch.
2: If you can't find something to drink on your wine list, then you definitely have a problem. Switch to beer.
6: Then you're not trying, yeah. All
2: right, so off the cuff, we're laughing. We're talking about tailgating because it's time of year for football. Everyone's getting geared up, and I have to admit, it's one of my favorite things. If you were to throw a tailgate, what would you bring to the tailgate?
6: Well, I would bring, I would bring barbecue, and I would bring great wine. But see, I'm, I'm not really a tailgating guy. I was out on the lake yesterday skiing with a winemaker friend, and uh, we kind of did our kind of tailgate. We we did a picnic on the lake, and uh, we were drinking Bordeaux out of sippy cups.
2: I like you. I like the way you think about that. But see, great barbecue and something simple, it just works that way all the way through, doesn't it?
6: But barbecue is kind of the right food. It's easy to take to a parking lot, goes with football. But there's there's no reason you shouldn't be drinking good wine with it. Good wine should go everywhere. It doesn't have to be expensive. It just should be good.
2: It should be enjoyable, especially if you're going to have enjoyable company. Absolutely. So when you talk about barbecue, are you talking about pig or beef?
6: Typically, I mean pig, but... I, I like beef, too. I mean, everything is better with pork, period. Vitamin P, uh, I, I don't <laughs> go a day without my dose of vitamin P. I walk into the kitchen in the morning, and the first thing I do is eat a piece of bacon, just to make sure it's perfect. But it's uh, a very important step.
2: You know it fascinates me? I have met a lot of chefs, and I have eaten in a lot of restaurants. And there are times where the only bacon I will see anywhere on the menu is crumbled over some kind of blue cheese wedge salad, yet I have never been in a kitchen before 12 o'clock in the afternoon, and there's not bacon around there somewhere.
6: Oh, absolutely. It's it's required.
2: It's nice to know that's part of your culinary training. Hey, Ken, we're going to have to take a small break right here. If you mind hanging out for a little bit, we'll let the commercials do their thing, and then we'll pick up after we get off the air for a bit.
6: Okay, I'll be right here.
2: All right, thanks, Ken.
6: Great.
4: So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight, guaranteed. Also save up to
3: 50% off business and first class tickets. 800-989-0233, 800-989-0233, Eight hundred nine eight nine oh two three three. That's eight hundred nine eight nine zero two thirty-three.
4: When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up
1: Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org.
0: Well, I finally did it. My student loan is totally paid off. I can't believe it. I can't believe it either. I paid more than the minimum each month, and soon enough, it was gone. So you're just giving up? Giving up on what?
4: The life of luxury. Egyptian cotton, caviar Thursdays, designer everything. What are you talking about? Our plan. What happened to winning the lottery and mastering the art of the perfect mimosa? Hosting galas, wearing enough jewelry to require a bodyguard, vacationing in the French Riviera, and then buying it.
0: I just thought maybe it was time to prepare for my future. You know, set some financial goals, make some smart investments, open a 401k. Financial goals? Investments? A 401k? You are
4: horrifying right now. Listen, if winning the lottery were easy, everyone would do it.
1: When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to
5: you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. On the next episode of Recipes for Disaster.
2: So, we've got our neighbor Paul coming over tonight for a barbecue, which is why I
5: prepared a delicious lemon rosemary steak marinade from my special collection of old family recipes. To make sure the steaks are extra, extra, extra tender, I left them marinating out on the counter overnight, just like Nana used to. Maria may mean well, but without food safety, it never ends well. Always thaw or marinate foods in the refrigerator at 40 degrees Fahrenheit or below. Or you could make your friends and family really sick. Maria's neighbor Paul didn't think twice about the steak he ate until he was presenting his company's financial forecast to the board. That's when a sudden bout of food poisoning made it explicitly clear that profits weren't the only thing on the rise. Watch Recipes for Disaster at foodsafety.gov. You'll learn the right steps as Maria does everything wrong. Brought to you by the USDA HHS and the Ad Council.
2: This is The Wine Crush. I'm Laura Lawson, and we are in the middle of an interview with Chef Ken Frank, the executive chef and owner of La Toque Restaurant in Napa Valley. Chef, are you still with us? I'm right here. All right, Chef, I want to go off on a small tangent on something you had mentioned close to the end of that last segment because I think it's very important to me and our listeners to understand exactly where you're coming from. Uh, Chef has an amazing background. Essentially, uh, from what I understand, he went to France when he was 16 because his dad was a math professor. You fell in love with food over there and pretty much have stayed in kitchens and taught yourself how to cook since then, correct? That's right. So no formal training, no CIA, yeah. no no Johnson & Wales. This was all on your own. That's right. And something else you said, you said you didn't go to school about wine. It was just something you practiced.
6: It's Just something I've. I started drinking wine in France when I was 16. You know, the occasional... Glass of wine at dinner when we go over to friends' houses, and you know, you, you serve wine for dinner, and by the time kids are about 16, they get a little glass of wine too because it's time to start training for adulthood. But see, and uh-
2: A lot of our listeners, they'll come up and they'll ask me, and I hear them ask winemakers, well, where'd you go to school, or how can I go to school, or how can I learn about that? I don't think they truly understand that the great masters, be it in wine, be it in the kitchens, be it anywhere, are people who self-taught themselves, who got passionate about things. Mm -hmm. What would you say was the underlying motivation for you to learn how to cook like you did at such an early age and to learn so much about wine?
6: Well, I was really lucky to fall into something that I truly loved to do that I was good at, so it came to me pretty easily. At a time that there were really great opportunities finally opening up in America for something like that, I, it wasn't my big plan to do it. I just started, and I realized, you know, I really like this. And originally, I was going to pay my way through, through college with it. I was going to be either a marine biologist or a doctor. And pretty quickly, I realized, you know, I like the work I'm doing better than the career that I'm studying for and I decided at that point just, just to stay focused on it, and I, I just have been cooking ever since. But whether you have formal training or not, if it's something you really love to do, uh, it, it, it's going to come to you. And for people that want to learn about wine, the very best thing they can do is just start by forming their own informal tasting group. It's a great way to do it. Get four or five people at work or in some circle of friends you have that, that all share an interest in wine, and get together twice a month or once a week or once a month, and everybody bring a bottle of wine and taste it and talk about it, and uh, you'll be surprised how quickly you start getting comfortable with it. We uh, we play a game at work every day called Mystery Wine, where we have staff meal and talk for the entire staff at 4 o'clock. And one of my psalms opens up a bottle of wine every day, and we play Mystery Wine. And if you want to have a, a taste of wine with staff meal, you have to play the game. It's okay to be wrong. Most of us are wrong most of the time. But we, we, we taste the wine and we talk around the table and everybody talks about the aromas they find, the bouquet, what characteristics, how much oak, depth of color, types of fruit flavors they find, influence of oak or not, all of those things. We, we talk around the table and talk about it. Everybody you know, pitches in what they think about it. So there's some, some collective thinking going on. And then we guess new world or old world and the varietal and where it's from. And you'd be surprised how quickly people get pretty comfortable with that concept. And it just helps them be comfortable with the whole often intimidating world of wine where you've got all these big words and all these complicated things and all this stuff you're supposed to know. And really all that's a myth. You just need to drink wine all the time, love wine, talk (laughs) about it, and and, and get comfortable with it.
2: Definitely drinking wine all the time does help. Uh, It reminds me, I think people are always so scared of, looking foolish or being wrong one of my favorite quotes was they asked Lexis lachine have you ever mistaken bordeaux for burgundy and he looked at them and said well not since lunch and all of us are going to be wrong 80 percent of the time even some of the best master sommeliers in the world are going to miss them two out of three times
6: so i I taste with ms's and mw's all the time and you know when you taste blind it blind wine tasting is a very humbling experience but it's also a really fun and interesting experience you just have to be you have to be okay with the fact that you're likely going to be wrong, and you have to be happy when you get close, because getting close is great. And, and and masters of wine and masters sommeliers will tell you getting close is great. It means that you understand the wine, you figured it out. It doesn't matter if you picked the right chateau or the right property or if you're off by one year. If, if you drink a wine and you figure out, you know, this is California Cabernet, I think it's from Napa Valley, and I think it's three or four years old, if you're right with that much, you
2: win. If you're right with that much, you ought to be taking the advanced sommelier exam.
6: Well, they expect a little bit more out of them. But the <laughs> bottom line is those guys don't get it right all the time either. Every bottle's different. Every day is different. Every person is different. But the enjoyment of wine should always be there.
2: I don't disagree. Well, to get back to focus on you a little bit. Now, recently, La Toque moved. You are no longer in Rutherford near Rancho Camus. Right. You are now in downtown Napa. What prompted that move?
6: Well, you know, I'd been in Napa Valley for almost 10 years, and I had watched the town of Napa go from a sleepy little blue-collar town that everybody drove past when they came to Napa Valley. The one place they didn't stop was Napa. And, and I lived in Napa, and I watched Napa really wake up, and Napa has now become the go-to destination for foodies in Napa Valley. I mean, it used to be nobody stopped until Yountville and everybody came up to St. Helena or maybe even Calistoga. But the momentum has really changed. There are 10 really good restaurants in Napa, where 12 years ago there was maybe one.
2: Maybe one and it's no an sidewalks, Indian if restaurant. I remember.
6: There's, you know, there's, there's great Italian restaurants. There's a new Italian restaurant called the Notri that I think is terrific. Of course, Iron Chef Morimoto opened his flagship restaurant here. Uh, Bistro Don Giovanni's always been here. There's the steakhouse. There's Ubuntu, which is Michelin star winning vegetarian cuisine. There's Nilas, which is great Indian cuisine. Uh, so you've got a, a great range of really, you just don't have to get in your car and go up valley to eat anymore.
2: No, and what I like, too, is you've done something different. Uh, you have something called the Bank Cafe and Bar. Now, in the past, mm-hmm. when there's really great fine dining in Napa, you, if you're lucky, you plan 90 days in advance, and you hopefully can get in and find a reservation. But the Bank seems like it's going to be something a little more laid back where you could go and have an appetizer and a glass of wine. Truth or fiction?
6: Well, that's, that, I like to call Bank the casual side of my little kitchen. And we do a, a three-course regional French meal over there every week. Uh, this week we're doing Normandy, so it starts with steamed mussels, and then we do Blanquette de Vaux, and then we're doing an apple tart because Normandy, of course, is known for apples, cows, and seafood. Uh, so it's, it's dairy, apples, and, uh, and steamed mussels.
2: It definitely sounds uh, like something that we all need to check out. Well, question for you as we have to bring this to a close. Where can our listeners find more about your restaurants, your books, and every wonderful thing that you have done?
6: It's really easy. You go to Latoke.com www.latoke.com. On the home page, there's the button, Ask Chef Ken. If you got a question, it goes right to my phone. You can make reservations, look at venues, plan to come see us, learn what you need to learn.
2: I absolutely love it. And, of course, for our listeners, the link will be directly on the Wine Crush website, so you can go straight to Latoque Well, Chef, this has been a delight. Uh, be warned, I'm going to be out in California in a few weeks. So I may just send you a little button saying, hi, Chef Ken, we're going to come visit.
6: So Look me up. We'll roll out the red carpet.
2: Be careful what you wish for. Well, Chef, thank you very, very much, and uh, we look forward to touching base with you on menus, maybe in the spring and seeing what you're doing. Terrific. All right. Thanks, Chef. You bet. Thanks. We're going to take a small break right here, but when we return, the show is all about you, and we'll have your calls and your emails all about the grape.
1: Follow host Laura Lawson on Twitter at Wine
5: Crush Radio. This is the Wine Crush.
0: do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life are you thinking about it what if we could promise you the same results for less than three dollars a pill if you're paying twenty dollars a pill for the other pills you're getting taken to the cleaners call on call pharmacy right now and save as much as seven hundred dollars eight hundred eight eight four seventy nine nineteen on call pharmacy delivers the exact same results for less than three dollars you'll save more than sixteen dollars a pill for the same results and right now radio callers will get forty four blue or yellow pills for 120 bucks with free discreet shipping. You can save more than $700 off pharmacy prices. Call On Call Pharmacy now and take advantage of this special offer. 800-884-7919 Charge your sex life now and save a ton of money. Call now and get your 44 pills and save over $700 and qualify for free shipping. Stop overpaying and call right now. 800-884-7919 800-884-7919 800-884-7919
5: Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Art Council. You belong to the gang, and you say you can't break away, but I'm here with my hands on my heart.
2: Welcome back to The Wine Crush. I'm Laura Lawson. We have just hung up with Chef Ken Franco-Latoque, and it was lovely talking to him. It, it, it's always fun. You find true masters, be it of wine, be it of food, and when you have the opportunity to get them on the air and speak with them, you can always. It, it's just. It seems a trait is humbleness, and he is absolutely world class chef, one of the best chefs we have in the United States. And for him to be so down to earth and speak to us on that level, but ultimately, do take that home. It's all about practice. It's all about being passionate, and there's no right answers. There's no wrong answers, and I'm sure if I'd had the chance to ask him, he would say that about the kitchen as well. So feel free to be adventurous and try what you want to try. Well, we do have some interesting emails right now, and I am kind of bat-logged on them because I've had great guests here and there, but I do want to touch base on this one. This is from Alexis in Tennessee. Alexis writes, I really enjoyed Finn from Chamasaw, and it was great hearing him talk about the difference between New Zealand and the United States when it comes to wine. But why does he say there is more experimenting and new stuff happening in New Zealand? I thought the United States was cutting edge. I thought this was a great follow-up question. I'm sorry I haven't been able to get to this sooner, for loyal listeners, you need to go back on the website, winecrush.com, if you didn't hear the show. Uh, Finn from Shamasaw the winemaker, was actually guest hosting with me. And we had a lot of fun talking about New Zealand and the stuff down under. But this is a very good question because when Finn was on the show, he talked about all the different things that New Zealand's doing. And he said that coming to the United States was a great blend of old world and new world for him because California did a lot of the old world characteristics but was open to new world. Ultimately, when it comes down to it, Alexis, you look at the United States, and we are patterned after France. We're patterned after Spain. We're patterned after Germany and how we do our vines and how we do our winemaking and how we do our aging. Where we have worked on being cutting edge in the sense would be to look at vine spacing, to look at clonal selections. We had to change the way we did things because of phylloxera. We brought the grapes, Chardonnay, Cabernet, the noble grapes over here, and the little bug just went to town, ate everything it could get to hands on. So we had to be adaptive. We had to find what different grapes would grow, what different root we could do, and then, of course, how to make the wines. It was in the first 20 years everyone was trying to do one of two things. They were trying to do bulk drinkable wines, or they were trying to make wines just like they had in France or just like they had had in Spain. It is really only in the last... 15, 20 years, that you see the United States trying different techniques, whether it's the American oak instead of French oak, whether it's trying concrete fermentation, whether it's trying, oh, I don't know, just things to get out of the shadow that we can find to make our wine regions a little bit better, to find their true voice. Now, when you look at New Zealand and you look at Australia, they have a whole different, I will not want to say climate, but geographical strata. They really have not been caring about, I have to make this taste like France, I have to make this taste like Spain. You know, you look at South Africa, they just come up with their own great pinotage. But especially New Zealand, they're willing to go out in a branch to please themselves because it's only in the last 10 years that New Zealand has exported a lot of their wine. They pretty much consumed everything they made within country. So they made the profiles and they made the flavors for what the countrymen liked. If they liked really oaky Chardonnays, they made oaky Chardonnays. If they liked really pink Grapefruit Sauvignon Blanc That's what they did And it's because finally their production got to a point Where hey let's look look, We can take this to the United States We can take this to England And as people started discovering New Zealand wines They liked the fact that they were different They were funky And it's all because New Zealand pretty much Did what they want how they wanted New Zealand never really had the syndrome That United States did Oh let me try and duplicate what they did in France The New Zealand attitude was hell, we've got great land, let's make good wine. So that's where you see the difference, and that's when I think Finn was saying that uh, the cutting edge of New Zealand, I don't even know, it'd be fun to ask him this follow-up question, is it so much that New Zealand is more cutting edge than the United States, or they just really don't care? That would be a fun question. Maybe, who knows, we'll get Finn back on the line and ask him that question. But Alexis, I hope that helped, and I do appreciate insightful questions. Right, Kent?
1: We always love insight on this show.
2: Have you found any? No. You've been awful quiet? No. Are you just up there paying penance? No, Are you no. actually listening to the I'm show just, for uh, a change?
1: I'm just lining up callers here for the show, and oh. we're, we're ready to go if you want one.
2: Why, that sounds lovely. Why don't we take a call off the wine line, Kent?
1: Since Susan has been so patient.
2: Susan, welcome to the Wine Crush. I was calling to see how much, uh, when a vineyard has uh, a whole production of wine, how much do they keep for themselves, and how much do they, they sell to the public? Uh, Well, that's something that will vary from vineyard to vineyard to vineyard. Uh, One that comes to mind automatically, Farniente is a great example. Farniente makes their Cabernets every year, but 60% of the production goes straight into the library on their Cabernets. 40% is sold for that first vintage, and everything else is laid down so that you can always have a vertical and have experience of that great year. But on the same token, someone like Kendall Jackson Chardonnay, there's not anything held back. You know, they send out, sell everything they possibly can get their hands on. So I think you're going to find it varies from vineyard to vineyard. An industry rule, though, for these vineyards that make very big Cabernets, that make very big Zinfandels, that make some powerful Merlots, that do benefit from laying down, wineries as a whole pull back 30% and don't let it go public. This way, they have it, one, for entertaining at the winery, two, for winery sales, for the wineries that do do sales. but Three, because it's interesting to have these very large, very tannic, very expensive bottles of wine and see how they age. And that's something, especially when you get in a situation, I remember Ed Sabraja, he was at Beringer for years and years and years. And that's what he loved to do is be able to go back and pull his 86 Cabernet or pull his 84 Cabernet because he wanted to see what he did right. He wanted to say, hey, were my decisions correct for the lifetime of this wine? I think a lot of people can sit back and taste the wine right now and say, oh, yeah, that's great. But only a perfectionist or only a winemaker will take the luxury of saying, okay, 10 years later, did I still have it right? So I think if you went across the board, it would be 30%. Of the big Cabernets and Merlots are held back, but there are some wineries that keep more and more of that back. Uh, in fact, when we get Pete Perry from Donna Estates on, we'll ask him. I heard him say one time that he might keep 90% of it back. So I hope that answers your question. All right, we're going to take a small break right here, but when we return, we're going to wrap up this show and see what other wonderful ideas I can come up for your tailgating experiences.
1: Need a wine recommendation for a party? Want Laura to address something on the show? Email her at lauralawson at
3: winecrush.com. An adult elephant can weigh up to six tons. The average person, 150 pounds. Ever heard of carfentanil? It's a large wild animal tranquilizer. Illegal drug dealers lace heroin with it. It can kill the average human. If you or a loved one is addicted to opiates, even pain pills, don't wait until it's too late. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. We care. Many of us have been where you are. We'll take you or a loved one away from the drug environment to a place you can clean out safely. Plus, we'll work with your insurance company to make sure you get the treatment you need. And with a Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed by law to get away for help without telling your employer why. Call now to save a life. 800-915-9734. 800-915-9734. That's
5: 800-915-9734. The IRS is the most feared agency in the world. You've heard ads from other companies offering to help taxpayers only if they owe over $10,000. Here at Platinum Tax Defenders, we're A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, and we're proud to be one of the only tax firms in the country who understands that people who owe less than $10,000 need help just as badly. The IRS doesn't care how much money you owe. They'll still garnish your wages and even seize your assets. So whether you owe just a few thousand dollars or hundreds of thousands, call now for your free tax consultation. If you qualify, we may even be able to reduce your tax debt down to a small fraction of what you owe. So don't wait until the IRS seizes your property and garnishes your wages. Call 800-856-1330 and get your tax problem resolved once and for all. That number again is 800-856-1330. 800-856-1330.
3: As I went through school, one giant question loomed over me. What did I want to be? But in order to know what I wanted to be, I had to first decide what I wanted to make. I wanted to make more. So I became a teacher. Now I make learning a privilege, not a chore. And frustration, a tool, not an obstacle. I make working hard seem easy. And giving up, impossible. I make an old subject feel like a fresh thought and unconventional methods common. I make material things less important, and little things, like patience and kindness, count. I make weekdays more exciting than weekends, and classrooms feel like anything but. I make things different, which is all I ever hoped for. I'm a teacher. I make more.
0: Find out how you can make more at teach.org.
5: Make more. Teach. Brought to you by Teach and the Ed Council.
2: the Wine Crush. I'm Laura Lawson. A special thank goes out to Chef Ken Frank of La Toque Restaurant for joining us for two segments today, talking about food, talking about wine, and the great pairing between. And uh, do take a moment to really think about his advice. For those of you that stop everybody in the wine business on the street, for those that ask me the questions, how'd you learn about wine? How can I duplicate it? How can I learn it? If a great chef like Ken is even telling you to sit back and pull corks and practice, it's obvious that you can't get it from a textbook. You can't get it from sitting and listening to a class. You can, of course, get it writing down the road, listening to me. But past that, it is your own personal experiences that are going to temper how you learn about wine and what you truly learn to appreciate it. So that's something to think about. I opened the show talking about tailgating and how much fun I had had and what a great time of year it is. And, of course, it is football season. I hope a whole bunch of you are planning for great parties for the weekend upcoming and, of course, to watch the wonderful Georgia Bulldogs roll over the rest of the SEC and have a shot at the national championship. Of course, we have to get that in there. But as you're planning the parties, please do remember to keep in mind your guest. And please keep remember that you have to cater, yes, to your guests, but you have to cater to yourself. It doesn't matter whether you're drinking beer, It doesn't matter where you're drinking liquor, but when it comes to picking what your guests are going to enjoy, you need to focus on the fact that everybody has different tastes. And in doing so, don't feel obligated to try and accommodate everybody. If you sit around and try to accommodate everybody, all you're going to do is drive yourself insane. Because remember, if Mama ain't happy, nobody happy. So when you're planning, get something that you would like to drink. If you're a Chardonnay drinker, find a great middle of the road. Don't worry if someone puts ice on it. Don't worry if someone pours lemonade in it. Don't worry if someone puts fruit in it. If you're a red wine drinker, get a really good Merlot and just sit back and relax. And It's 98 degrees and they pour it over ice. Just hope they enjoyed it and enjoy your party. You can't stress about what other people think about you and your wine. Well, I hope you've enjoyed the Wine Crush. As always, we remind you to sip socially, to drink responsibly, to drink what you like, not what you're told. Most importantly, in vino veritas, in wine, there is truth. I'm Laura Lawson, and I'll talk with you next week.